This is Joe Biden in 2020 talking about Russia, Vladimir Putin, and Trump and the disaster that could occur if Trump got another four years. Listen. It's going to take a hell of a lot of work to make up for all the damage he's done internationally and nationally. His network of thugs and co-conspirators are going to continue to try to undermine our democracy in the meantime. Imagine what he can do in another year. Imagine what can happen in Ukraine. Yeah, well, that didn't age well, did it now? Um, good job, Joe. Good to see you're in charge. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right, let's get to it. The war in Ukraine is on its fifth day, and so far, the Ukrainians are holding their own. They Remember I had said between 36 and 48 hours, Russia could take over Kiev? Well, they can't take over Kiev. They haven't been able to take uh, Kiev, the largest city, and the second largest city is still under bombardment, but the Russians haven't been able to take it, so they're doing pretty well. So let's go over what's happening in this war, because a lot has happened this weekend. Um, Russia right now has a perimeter around Kiev. Uh, The mayor of Kiev, uh, Vitaly Klitschko, has already said that nobody can go in or go out because of the uh, circle around it. There are Russians all over the place. And it's looking like it's it's more of a siege now than it is a a a invasion into the city so they might be waiting the they might be waiting the ukrainians out in kiev Uh, it could take a really long time so if they want kiev they're gonna have to go in russia is gonna have to go in and gonna take it have to take it but right now it looks like they're just sitting and waiting uh ukrainians aged 16 to 60 are required to stay in ukraine get weapons from the local police departments and get ready to fight. By the way, doesn't that make our Second Amendment look pretty good now? The If we had the guns in the first place, we wouldn't need to go to the police force and get the weaponry? Well, it's just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, Russia right now is looking very ill-prepared for this war. A lot of the troops have no idea why they're there. Some troops... Uh, it's been reported, don't even know where they are. They don't even know what country they're in. Many rush, uh, many of their tanks are running out of gas. They look underfunded. Things are not going real well for the Russians. Not to mention, a lot of their supply chains are getting bombed. So Russia is having trouble getting uh, equipment to the front lines. Russia is trying to, what they're mainly trying to attack this weekend was Ukrainian energy sources. So far, they have taken two nuclear power plants, Chernobyl, and there's one in the northern part of northern part of Ukraine. Now, Chernobyl, of course, is not active because it you know blew up. 50 or 40 years ago, or however long it's been, but they did take over another. They're also bombing gas and oil reserves, electrical plants, and they're bombing the gas pipeline that runs through Ukraine. So they're going out to take away their energy. Uh, unfortunately, per you know Russian incompetence, they managed to hit a uh, 
radioactive waste disposal facility with one of their missiles. So they've noticed that the um, the uh, nuclear um, commission has noticed that one of the in northern in northern Ukraine there's actually high levels of radiation. So that's not good for the Russians if they're going right through it. But the Russia Russia's had nothing but problems. They've had to act. They had to stop on. I believe it was Saturday. They did not attack Kiev or send any missiles out for a full day because they needed to kind of regroup and figure out what they're doing. You can tell that Russia is really. I don't want to say Russia's going to lose this war, but you can tell right now it's not going the way they want it because they're stopping. They're stopping the fight. They're hitting the wrong things. They're getting bombed. Uh, so they're really having a lot of problems. Apparently, Vladimir Putin is absolutely flipping out because he thought this would be been done within two days. And we're entering day five, and they're no closer than they were before. Like I said, last night they expected, they made a huge push to take over the second largest city. I don't have the name with me. But that failed. The city is still standing. So Ukraine is really putting up a fight. Uh, Russia has sent, uh, Ukraine has set up a curfew because they believe that there are going to be Russian saboteurs in in Kiev, which is the capital, in Kiev, and they're going to try and blow things up. So they want everybody inside because they don't want people next to, let's say, a a, a government building. And then a saboteur blows uh, that building up. There are also, it's been rumored that Russia has sent in death squads from Africa. They, they seem, this is brand new from today. It seems to be a legitimate story because they're not Russian. They're Russian, they're Russian death squads, but they are professional death squads from Africa hired by Putin. And who they're targeting, they're targeting, of course, uh, the president, Zelensky. They're ta- targeting cabinet members. They're targeting the mayor of Kiev. So they're, they're targeting people. I, I, and I think this is a bad move for him because as we're going to see in a few minutes, uh, Zelensky, Klitschko, which who's the mayor of Kiev, they've been absolute heroes. I would say a lot of people in in Ukraine have been heroic. The stories coming out of Ukraine are just absolutely amazing. Again, how many are true? I don't know. And that's the other thing. We don't know exactly what's true. Ukraine has released a um, list of Russia's losses, where Ukraine has actually gone in and blown them up. They say that 4,300 troops have been killed. 27 planes have been destroyed. 26 helicopters have been destroyed. 146 tanks have been destroyed. 49 artillery pieces have been destroyed. 706 armored personnel carriers have been destroyed. One buck system, which is a... uh, uh, land-to-land missile system has been destroyed. Four uh, grenade launching systems have been destroyed. 30 cars, 60 fuel tanks, two drones, and two patrol boats. Now, mind you, you got to take that with a grain of salt. It's very difficult to say what has been destroyed 
There is a lot of video that shows, for example, there was a video where a Russian convoy was blown up. So there is video coming out. There is video of planes going down. There is video of helicopters being shot down. But to that extent, 4,500 troops killed or captured, 516 different vehicles, all that stuff we we just are not sure of. But we know it's going bad for the Russians, that they are having people die. Uh, Russia, with their compassion that you know they have, has sent mobile crematoriums to handle the dead. So, yeah, wow. That's, can you imagine? Just look at the United States with the Marines and the Army. And they talk about never leave someone behind. Well, Russians, they don't care. They just throw it. They just throw their dead into a crematorium, cook them, and then, you know, that's it. That's all I have to do. Probably dump them on the side of the road. And by the way, that's kind of important. Because when we talk about heroism, typically the the side that wins a war, and I'm not saying Ukraine's going to win the war because they are extremely outgunned. But it takes some drive, some motivation. What's that saying? It's not the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. Russians really don't have anything to be uh, to be excited about or motivated about with this. Half of them don't even know why they're there. As a matter of fact, there are protests all through Russia right now that are anti-war protests. Of course, those people are being arrested, but... This stuff is not going to go well. Meanwhile, the Ukrainians, they're protecting their country. So I think this is this is something that the Russians have to worry about. And even though I'm not saying Russia's going to lose this war, there is a very good chance they could lose this war. And you can see there is some panic in the Russians, in Vladimir Putin. Russia is deploying the TOS-1A missile system. This is considered a, this is the fact sheet on this. As a matter of fact, Europe, they are bent out of shape that this missile system was released. This is what it is. The TOSA-1A heavy flamethrower system is designed for providing fire support to infantry and tanks, defeating enemy manpower from open and close firing positions in a variety of offensive and defensive combat, as well as disabling light armored vehicles and transport. Combined target destruction is achieved through the effects of high temperature and overpressure. The system is armed with unguided artillery rockets and thermobaric warheads. So basically it's chemical weaponry. (laughs) It's not really chemical weaponry. It's kind of like what napalm is but this thing causes nothing but pain torture it's made to just destroy everything in its path and europe has said that if that he uses that and one civilian is killed those those are war crimes because that system is made just to kill that's all it's for it destroys everything in his path the uh, Putin has sent an additional third of his army in. Remember, he only sent six, between sixty and 90,000 Russian troops. Turns out it was about 60,000. Now he just sent in another 60,000 because it's obviously going really well. He, I think he thought he could just take this country. It'd be no big deal. He also declared 
that uh, he raised the nuclear deterrent force to an elevated status, and he blamed the aggressive statements of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO. He basically said this, he said, quote, Western countries aren't only taking unfriendly action against our country in economic sphere, which we'll talk about in a second, but top officials from leading NATO members made aggressive statements regarding our country. Fox News reported this on uh, Saturday. Putin, quote, Putin ordered the Russian defense minister and the chief of the military's general staff to put the nuclear deterrent code in special regime of combat duty. The move signals tensions could boil over into nuclear war. Now, something to be aware of with that is that um, he's probably not going to launch nuclear weapons unless he is nuts. A lot of people, Condoleezza Rice this weekend said that he's looking a little unstable. He, he looks sick. He looks unstable. He looks unreasonable. It doesn't sound like he's using logic. Could he launch a nuclear weapon? Well, Putin has always believed since he was since Russia was the Soviet Union in mutual assured destruction. So chances are, no, it's just saber rattling. So Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and Belarus President Alexander Lushenko have announced that they will take play that talks will take place between Russia and Ukraine. These talks have already taken place. They took place uh, today. Uh, they took place on the border of Poland and Belarus. And of course, no one's expecting much from these talks unless, Vlad unless Vladimir Putin is looking for a way to get out of this war. A lot of people think that it's possible something will, Vladimir Putin will ask for some concessions. People will give him the concessions and that'll give a reason for Vladimir Putin just to pull out of Ukraine because it is not going well. And it really is showing that the Soviet, the Russia is not as strong as they initially thought it was. So there we go. Now, one thing I do want to talk about. Uh, now, mind you, again, this is all the fogs of war. You, you really don't know what is happening over there. You only know based on what people are telling you and any video that is coming out. So, for example, yes, we know they're, dro they're dropping planes. Planes are coming down. That's because we have video of it. We know they're being bombarded because we have live stream video of it. So we know what, what is actually happening. But as far as the death counts and how many weapons are destroyed and even something as simple as are Russians in Kiev, we, we really don't know what's going on. Now, like I said, there is some legendary stuff going on from the Ukrainians. Legendary stuff. This stuff is going to be in history books for the Ukrainians. Um, there is evidence uh, that 13, this was caught on video, 13 crew members were killed on a ship when they ran, ran into a Russian uh, battleship. The Russian battleship captain of the Russian battleship told the guys, okay, you need to surrender. The guys on the Ukrainian uh, frigate told them to F off. Go F yourself. 
Russia bombed uh, bombed the ship, blew it up, killed all 13 members uh, that were on board. President Zelensky gave them the Medal of Honor, the Ukrainian Medal of Honor. This was all caught on video. A Ukrainian soldier, this happened on Friday, is being given credit for blowing up a bridge that Russia was using to cross over into the heart of the country. He was setting up mines on the bridge, or not mines, yeah, he was setting up mines. He was actually going to destroy the bridge, but the Russian troops were coming, and instead he just set off the weapon, blew up the bridge. The Russians had to take a different route. That guy's a hero. There was a video this weekend of a man who stood in front of a Russian tank and then knelt in front of it, much like what happened with Tiananmen Square in China. That There was video of that. There was another video that went viral of a woman walking up to a Russian soldier, asking him, what the F are you doing in my country? And he said, this is our country. It's all, it's Russia's country. And she told him to put sunflower seeds in his pockets so that when he is killed, a flower will grow where his body once was. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And there is video of all this stuff. Mayor uh, Vitaly Klitschko was seen on top of a building, the mayor of Kiev, on top of a building with an M60-like weapon. He's a long, a long gun, a uh, machine gun, getting ready for a uh, Russian, for, for Russian invasion. If you, if Vatali, Vatali Klitschko sounds familiar, it should. He was the former WBO and WBC champ, heavyweight champion. He should sound familiar. The president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, sat, is in the streets on video with his soldiers and with his men. The United States and Great Britain. Can you imagine Joe Biden if, if the United States was invaded? Can you see Joe Biden doing any of that? Of course not. He's sitting, he got invited to leave the country from the United States and Great Britain. He said, this is what he said, and he said it on video. The fight is here. I need ammunitions, not a ride. I mean, this is heroic stuff. This is what a president should look like. If Klitschko or Zelensky, and by the way, Vlad Klitschko, which is Vitaly's brother, he's also a WBO champion, boxing champion. He's also wanted by the death squad because he's heavily influenced the people in Ukraine. This is how countries are made. This type of patriotism, this type of drive, this type of motivation, this type of courage is what creates great nations. And don't kid yourself, that drive, that motivation might be enough that Ukraine can actually hold off Russia and Russia will decide maybe it's time to leave. I don't think Russia is going to leave. I don't think they can right now. I think they're stuck. They have to see this thing through because they are taking it. They are taking it really hard from the world. 
So let's be honest about something. It is Europe that is actually putting the pressure on Russia. It's not the United States. The Biden administration so far has pretty much done nothing except, quote, unify. We'll get into what Biden's story is, because his story is terrible. I mean, his, yes, he has been pushing to get him out of SWIFT. He has been pushing to, he has been pushing to, uh, I'd say sanctions, but he really didn't put any hardcore sanctions. He put sanctions that are going to hurt Russia, but not to the point that they're just going to leave. And the sanctions, even he admits, will could take 30 to 60 days, 30 days to a year to, to work. So Joe Biden really has, and he did, he gave 600, uh, he gave a, a whole load, I think it's 600 million or 60 billion, I don't know what it is, but he gave a load of weapons to Ukraine, which is good. But outside of that, he's doing that all now. He didn't do it before. And this stuff should have been handled far earlier. But Europe is really is really in the game here. Protests are all throughout the world right now. Washington, D.C., New York City, Los Angeles, um, Britain, in uh, London, Germany, uh, Russia. Of course, the protests in Russia will get you arrested. Um, banning of Russians is... A Russian anything right now is occurring everywhere. We got to be careful with this one because it's occurring everywhere and they're getting a little bit pushy about what they want to ban. Tennis has banned Russia from any event at banned any events in Russia. The soccer leagues have banned any Russian uh, participation. Eurovision has banned Russia from their singing competitions. Uh, there are a set of their stores in the United States and in Europe that are getting rid of Russian vodka. Now, I do want to be careful here because there has been a suggestion that Russian individuals should be banned from, canceled basically. So if you're a Russian soccer player playing in Britain, that Russian soccer player shouldn't be allowed. There was a push that in hockey, all the Russians in the hockey shouldn't be playing hockey right now. As a matter of fact, there was a Twitter fight between, um, I can't remember his name, but the uh, uh, one of the best hockey players in for the Washington Capitals. He shouldn't be allowed to play. And players, Ukrainian players are calling him a coward just because he's Russian. There are people, I mean, this is how internments start. So we need to be careful here. Let's not get crazy. And I don't think we should get crazy because I think we should really worry about China and Taiwan. Um, because China this weekend was flying planes over Taiwan. Don't be too shocked if, and I said this 75 times on Twitter, don't be shocked if China goes into Taiwan this week or next week or next month. And they are using this Russian Russian deal as a farce. Okay, I'm I'm going off into something else. So... Uh, the other thing is the United States, Japan, and all of the European Union have now targeted specific banking banks, Russian banks, from SWIFT. So they're going to freeze their SWIFT accounts. Now, what SWIFT is, it's, it's a great description. It's like Venmo and Gmail combined, and it's, how, it's what allows international companies to collect money. So Russia sends us 500 million barrels of oil. Yes, that's happening. And we send them money through SWIFT. So we that's how we pay off Russia. 
Well, now they're not getting any money in. So that is absolutely huge. This was one that they were talking about. Why we didn't they do this before the war started? Because this is the real sanction. Now, the United States did not even want to do this. Biden administration did not want to do this. You know why? Because we get 500 million barrels of uh, oil from Russia. Because we're not energy independent anymore. The United States, Germany, Poland, the United Kingdom, Finland, and the European Union, and NATO are sending arms to Ukraine. I guess it's better late than never. The European Union, this is the first time they've ever done that. And not only are they sending arms, they're sending warplanes. They're sending jets. And the European Union has never done that before. Germany, same thing. There's actually a law against them sending German arms to other countries. And they did it anyway. Here's here's the thing. The Russian invasion is having the opposite effect than Putin thought. Finland and Sweden not only are not afraid to join NATO, but they are expressly saying they want to join NATO. And of course, of course, Vladimir Putin is threatening them with nuclear war if they do join NATO, because there are two countries that are right on the border. I mean, to get Sweden, which is primarily a neutral country, to sit back and say, hey, we're going to join NATO. Germany is building, today they announced that they are going to be building up their military. They're going to be creating an oil reserve. They're going to be spending over two percent of their GDP on their military. Remember Donald Trump about three years ago sat there and said, Germany, you guys need to build your military. You got to be able to defend yourselves and stop depending on the United States to depend on you. Well, between Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin, Germany got the message. So they went from something like 0.5% of their GDP to over 2% of their GDP to build their military. Remember how the media was yelling at Trump for suggesting that they do this? Well, they're doing it now. And now, and can you, the other thing that's really scary for Russia is that if Finland joins NATO, Finland has got a very heavy military. They have a very strong military. That's one of the reasons they didn't join NATO. They wanted to stay neutral-ish, but they already had a military. And it's an elite military. Uh, Finland's military, Finland's special forces are top 10 in the world. I, only the United States and the Mossad and certain other uh, uh, larger nations have a better uh, special forces unit than the fin- Finns do. And of course, the United Nations, they held a vote condemning the invasion. Um, but Russia wasn't excluded, so they voted. They voted. They vetoed the vote. China, of course, abstained, so they had no say. Zelensky, President Zelensky, said, "Why is Russia even voting? They're the ones that did the invading." But you know, the United Nations can't get rid of them. And there was discussions. Why isn't Russia? Why is Russia still in the security? Ca- well, you can't get rid of them. It's part of their charter. It's when. The United Nations was made. It was part of their torch. So it just shows you how it just shows you how the UN is worthless. I'm telling you, tear it down, salt the earth, and build a Starbucks. It's very, it's very important land. 
Some of the media is praising Biden with unifying Europe. Politico released a syrupy article stating that Joe Biden got Europe to respond. That's not true. Europe responded on their own. They weren't going to do much until they saw what was happening in Ukraine. The big problem the Politico article has is the other leftist newspapers are saying something completely different. The Washington Post not only didn't say Biden unified Europe, it said Biden was surprised by the uh, the actions of the European Union and European nations. And he worked this weekend to kind of catch up, to put on more sanctions. I can't, I, I love it when two leftist magazines go after each other. I cannot wait to see this State of the Union speech tomorrow. I think it's absolutely going to be hysterical uh, because you you know what's going to happen tomorrow, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, but what's going to happen tomorrow in the State of the Union, it's going to be Biden killed COVID and Biden unified Europe. That's part of what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, it's all BS. Anyone who's paying attention knows this, but whatever. That's, that's what he's going to say. Speaking of the Biden administration, um, the... They seem extremely disconnected with what's going on. They're they're doing they're not even when I say they're talking a big game, they're not even talking a big game. They sound like they really don't understand what's happening. And a lot of people do. I mean, you go on Twitter, people are saying, uh, this green crap that they keep talking about, this green crap is what caused this war. Europe all depended on Russia for oil. The the Nord Stream pipeline was needed by Russia to make sure it could ship oil directly to Russia, not through a pipeline that goes through Ukraine. They've been planning this for years. This isn't something they just came up with. That's why when people say that Vladimir Putin is crazy, no, he's not crazy. He's been planning this. This is something he's always wanted to do. Well, Jen Psaki, who I can't believe she is, I thought she would have resigned by now. I thought December would have been the time to resign. I mean, looking at uh, Biden's poll numbers, I'm still curious why she's there. Um, Jen Psaki said something just absolutely kind of insane on, um, uh, on this week with George Stephanopoulos. She said this yesterday. Listen to this. It's just really weird. On oil leases, what this actually justifies in President Biden's view is the fact that we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, on oil in general, and need to, and we need to look at other ways of, process, of having energy in our country and others. One of the interesting things, George, we've seen over the last week or so is that a number of European countries are recognizing they need to reduce their own reliance on Russian oil. Now, I do want to point out, we were energy independent last year. We were energy. We were exporting oil. We had huge reserves of oil. Gas was at $2 a gallon. Not in California. It's always expensive in California. But oil was cheap. Thinly veiled in the statement is we need to go green. We need more windmills. We need, of course, none of that stuff is efficient and none of it works. Look at Texas over the winter. They're still bitching about that. I mean, they were using windmills. They were using solar and yeah, guess what? Windmills and windmills and solar, not real efficient energy creators. 
But but here's the thing, we were energy independent. It is this it is this complete lack of understanding of the damage that this administration has done over the last over the last year that she doesn't get. And we also have to remember that Afghanistan thing really encouraged Russia. But here's here's again with this stuff is John Kerry, probably the worst secretary of state in American history. He had the same thoughts, but he was rather blunt about it. He was more direct about it. Here he is talking with someone on Al Jazeera radio. Amazing. Al Jazeera. Massive uh, emissions consequences to the war, but equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose uh, certainly big country attention because they will be diverted. And and, uh, I think it could have a damaging impact. So, you know, I think hopefully President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66% of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing. And his infrastructure is at risk. And the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. I mean, how can you look at this country and think it's a serious country? I, not... Five million people are being displaced. There could be 50,000 dead Ukrainians. That's why Russia shouldn't attack. But it's because of the climate. It's just, it's insane. And you know something? It continues. Everything that these guys talk about is crap. We need to, we need energy independence, which we effed up last year in over the past year. And then what's the first thing that Biden does this weekend? He signs executive orders ending le- uh, oil drilling leases on federal land. It, it, can we take that? Can we take uh, uh, Biden as taking this war seriously or energy independence seriously? I no, we can't. It's all BS. This whole green energy thing is what made. Um, you know, Europe got rid of their nuclear reactors. Europe cut their uh, cut gas down or tried to got rid of all their drilling. And then what do they need to do? Guess what? You still need energy. Where do you get the energy? You got it from Russia. You were they were dependent on Russia. Now, hopefully they're getting their heads out of their butts and they're going to be dealing with this. Because we can see right now the United States, yeah, we ain't getting our heads out of our butts. We ain't dealing with it. I'm seeing gas prices at $5 here in San Diego, and it's cheaper here than it is in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, it's already 6 bucks. Oh, by the way, how serious is Joe Biden taking this war? Yeah, he went to Delaware this weekend, probably to stay at his beachside mansion while there's a war taking place. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And this is one of the reasons why I I don't want to see people fight. I don't want to see U.S. military in this war. I don't think it's necessary. I think, personally, I would send uh, carrier troops, carrier uh, groups to Taiwan, because I think this is kind of a deke. We're so busy paying attention to, to Ukraine. Do not be shocked if Taiwan is invaded. Because here's the thing, the United States can fight in one war 
we can fight against the Soviets, or the Russians. I keep calling them Soviets, but that's what Vladimir is trying to make. We can fight against Russia or we can fight against China. We can't fight against both. And Taiwan for the United States, because all our technology is made in Taiwan, they're the ones we're going to have to watch. They're the ones we're going to have to worry about. Okay, yep, I got one more, one more part about this, and it's going to be, let's talk about uh, how the media and Hollywood reacted to the war last week. And again, not a serious country. You can't take this serious. Sean Penn is filming a documentary in, uh, in the United States, in uh, Ukraine, and he saw what was happening. He left, of course. And he said that the uh, United States has to do something about this. Basically, he wants troops sent over, U.S. troops sent over to Ukraine and dealing with it. Now, first off, I don't take Sean Penn serious because, one, he's an actor. Two, he's never met a communist he doesn't like. I'm sure he would love Vladimir Putin. But three... Why doesn't he grab a gun and go and fight? Why is it my sons and daughters need to go fight? Why don't you go over there for a country that really does nothing for the United States except line the pockets of Joe and Hunter Biden uh, with corrupt dealings? I don't want to have anything to do with Ukraine. They're very heroic. I hope they win. But I don't want to fight a war in Ukraine. I'm worried about Taiwan. Joy Reid, another idiot. Uh, again, this is Joy Reid's shtick. Uh, it's about racism. Again, uh, quote, this is what she said. She said, quote, I have come to expect very little from the Republican Party, to be blunt. I understand that, I understand that they prefer uh, autocracy. They want a white nationalist autocracy in the United States. They believe that white Christians are beleaguered and need to rule the United States without elections. Got it. But this is really, at this point, open. What the frick is she talking... This is... Did you hear anything about Ukraine? This is what she's talking about. She's talking about Ukraine. And somehow she shifted it into white nationalism, Republicans, and uh, uh, Christians. All are evil. All are evil. And she's talking about Ukraine. The and she wonders why her show's getting canceled. But it's not just her. Uh, Young Turks host Schenk Uyghur uh, agreed with Reed. She said, "Quote: Right wing doesn't love Putin just because he is an authoritarian, tyrannical leader. They love him because he's white authoritarian leader. Race has become more important than even nationality. They've turned." on democracy, and now even America, in favor of a white warlord. By the way, Cenk is he's a Turk, he's Turkish, but he's white. Now, I, I find it amazing that the media, these people, these racists, they're racist. Joy Reid is a racist. Cenk Uyghur is a racist. These guys are racist. They hate white people. That makes you a racist. They think they have the moral high ground. That makes you a racist because of your race. Um, I find it amazing that they group white people as if it's one group of people. Uh, Ukrainians don't identify as white. They identify as Ukrainians. And Russians don't identify as Ukrainians or white. They identify as Russians. Both countries are white. I mean, majority, a large majority white. 
Germans are against Russia. Most of Germany is white. Britain is against Russia. Most of Britain is right. Belarus is for Russia. Most of Belarus is... This has nothing to do with race. It's just incredible. These guys are so stupid. Um, but, you know, Christians and Trumps... And Christians, Trump, whites, we're all bad. Okay, the Daily Beast had another take on it. This is from Wajahat Ali. Imagine when, if Republicans get power in 2024, it will be when, the massive global realignment, the U.S. president actively helping Russia, Hungary, Poland, and other countries with their far-right governments to promote violence, authoritarianism, and white Christian nationalism. Disaster. So if we help, by the way, by the way, um, just a little FYI for you. I don't know the podcast is running long, but I don't care because it's kind of important. If you don't want to go to war in Ukraine, you're pro-Russian. That that's the thing. They're 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 pushing now. I thought I'd just throw that out at you. But again, I don't know what the deal is with Christians and Republicans. Christian Republicans didn't start the war. Vladimir Putin did, and last I heard, he's not Christian. Then there's another one from the Daily Beast, uh, David Rothkopf. He said, I'm lying awake here tonight because I honestly can't fathom how we have gotten to the point that the leader of the GOP, the last Secretary of State, some of the party's most vocal members and major U.S. TV network all are actively taking Russia's side in the conflict with America and the West. And of course, then what these guys do is they, they misquote people. For example, they said that Donald Trump praised Putin. He didn't praise Putin. He said it was clever what he did. What he did was expected. It was clever. It was the right move for him. And he just did it. He wasn't praising Putin. He was talking about it from a strategic level. But you notice this? The GOP, the last Secretary of State, the last Secretary of State hasn't been Secretary, Pompeo hasn't been Secretary of State for over a year. And some of the party's most vocal members, I don't know what that means, and U.S. television network are all taking Russia's side. And there's only one TV network. At least he didn't put the S there. There's Fox News. That's it. Everybody else wants us to go to war. And one of the reasons they want us to go to war is because they're trying to deflect from Biden's miserable presidency. By the way, his uh, approval ratings have dropped again. What a shock this weekend. Okay, well, here we go. Uh, well, we got some some other uh, fun videos. Uh, you got to leave it to Joy Behart. God, she is so stupid. I can't believe she is still on. She, Ben Shapiro calls her the id of leftist philosophy. She's the id of the Democratic Party. I think she's the id of leftist philosophy because she's an elitist. And she said something absolutely amazing. Uh, listen to what she said. Estimates are 50,000 Ukrainians will be dead or wounded yeah. and that this is going to start a humanitarian crisis, a refugee crisis in Europe. We're talking yeah. about 5 million people yeah. that, that are going to be displaced. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear what is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in, in Western Europe, too. Yeah. Huh? You know, you just, you plan a trip, you want to go there, I want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of of uh, the pandemic. And now this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, who's going to, what's going to happen there? Yeah. Seriously, do you think Joy Behart looks at social media, maybe watches her show again and says to herself, 
hey, uh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Maybe not apologize because these people don't apologize. All right. They, they're, they're so arrogant. But can you be any more elitist than, yes, I know 5 million Ukrainians are going to be displaced. 50,000 could die. There could be a humanitarian crisis where people are starving. There's no clean water. There's no electricity. There's no energy. But what about my trip to Italy so I can go see Rome? How elitist is this? Speaking of dumb, uh, there's a, a government agency called uh, Ready.gov, which is a partner of FEMA, and they released instructions on how to deal with a nuclear attack. So this is great. So go to the basement or middle of a building, stay away from outer walls and the roof, try to maintain a distance of at least six feet between yourself and people who are not part of your household. If possible, wear a mask if you're sheltering with people you are not who are not part of your household. Children under two years old, people who have trouble breathing, and those who are unable to remove masks on their own should not wear them. That's right. So when we have a nuclear, a nuclear war and nuclear bombs are dropping, we need to worry about the China virus. That's really important. That's really, really important. So yeah, I, forget about your skin falling off, your faces melting, your hair falling off, going, uh, dying. Forget, forget about that. You better wear your mask because COVID is just as dangerous. Finally, this is the last one here. Anna Lynn McCord, uh, who is a has-been actress. I, I guess she was on The O.C. or something, 90210. I, I don't know who she is. I, I have no idea. She decided she was going to handle Vladimir Putin and the Ukrainian-Russian war herself. She took it upon herself. So she went on Twitter and she published, she read a poem to Vladimir Putin. Here's a little bit of the poem. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved, held in the arms of joyous light. Never would the story's plight, the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. If I was your mother, the world would have been warm so much laughter and joy and nothing would harm. I can't imagine the stain, the soul-stealing pain that the little boy you must have seen and believed and the formulation of thought quickly taught that you lived in a cruel, unjust world. Is this why you now decide no one will get the best of you? Is this why you do not hide nor away shy from taking back the world? It was it because so early in life, all that strife wrapped your little body with fear. Okay, I'm a writer. I do a little bit of poetry. All right. That's crap. That's a lousy poem. I don't know where she learned poetry. I have no idea. Second thing, I need to follow this broad because... She released a couple of videos. I love it when actresses, you know, past their prime, still very pretty, but she looks older. Past their prime, they start going into politics and they, they say the stupidest things. She released another video about defunding the police and it's just like, God, you are a fucking moron. I'm sorry I cussed, but get over it. How about you're an effing moron? It's just absolutely incredible. But, you know, this... This probably will end the war. I'm sure 
Vlad is sitting on his phone looking at Twitter. Uh, he's probably following this chick because she's kind of hot. And he heard this poem. And now he's happy. Or he decides he's going to nuke the crap out of Ukraine because this broad insulted his mother. Oh, it's just incredible how, the, how we, we are not a serious country. We are not a serious country. We, we are making flight suits for pregnant women. We're promoting men who say they are women to become the first general, first uh, generals or admirals of the military. I, it's just not a serious country. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I probably got literally 25, 30 links. I've got a bunch of Twitter stuff. So take a visit. I hope you have a good day. Tomorrow, State of the Union. Let's talk about that tomorrow. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.